Support for this podcast is made possible by you. Visit www.allgirlsconsidered.org slash donate to help us build a world of possibilities for girls. Hello, I'm Josie. And I'm Lauren. Welcome Welcome to to All Girls Considered. Considered, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of inspiring women and girls. Today we are speaking with Cassie Mashevich, who is the artistic director and founder of Trike Theater in Bentonville, Arkansas. Cassie has worked with children's theater and arts integration programs all over the country. Welcome, Cassie. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Well, uh, my name is Cassie Mishevich. I'm originally from South Bend, Indiana, and moved to Northwest Arkansas, I want to say 16 years ago. It seems like a long time ago. Um, I am a theater um, artist, and I have two children. Um, My daughter, Maeve, is 14, and my son, Rowan, is 12, and we live in Bentonville. What brought you to Arkansas from Indiana? So after I got my master's degree in children's theater, I uh, lived in Milwaukee where I met my husband. We then moved to Seattle where I worked at a professional children's theater out there. And I really wanted to start my own theater. And at that time... It just wasn't going to be, we weren't going to be able to do that in Seattle. So my mother-in-law was living in Eureka Springs. Have you guys ever been there to Eureka Springs, Arkansas? I have not. Okay. Uh, It's about an hour away. And she said, you guys should look up Northwest Arkansas and really check out Fayetteville. So we looked on the map and found Arkansas because at that point we had no idea where Arkansas was on the map and said, okay, let's try it out. So we did. So we, we came here and started Theater Squared, which is the professional theater company in Fayetteville. And then about four years after that, I broke off from Theater Squared and started my theater company, Trike Theater. So could you explain the work you do at Trike Theater? Yeah. So as artistic director, my job is to be the captain of the ship when it comes to the direction we're going in the waters. So I work with my team to choose the scripts that we produce on stage for plays. Um, I'm also very um, hands-on when it comes to hiring of the staff um, who... uh, make sure that all of our programs are going well. Um, I communicate nationally with our colleagues. I also direct and I teach. So I do a whole bunch of stuff. And then today I spent my time uh, creating contracts on the computer and spreadsheets. (laughs) So it's a little bit of everything. I heard you mention your kids. Um, Do they take part in trite theater? So Maeve, uh, the 14-year-old, she's a freshman in high school. She started doing theater when she was a fourth grader um, with trike theater. She is an introvert and, and was very, very shy back then. And was with me backstage at one of our shows and went, oh, I want to try that out. And so she auditioned and got a small little part and then got the bug. And then she just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And actually, Mrs. Nutt was her teacher in fifth grade or sixth grade and went, ooh, you can act. We should do a play at Old High. So that's what they did. So Maeve now has actually shifted into being backstage. She loves working backstage on the productions. She can still act, but she does a lot of stuff backstage. Rowan is our natural storyteller and has no interest on being on stage. Doesn't want anybody to look at him. So... Nope, he'll come, he'll go, but he doesn't want to be on stage at all. His soccer is his thing. So what all goes into the process of directing a play? 
So the first thing that we have to do is figure out the script. What's the story that we're going to tell? Why are we telling it at this point in time? Um, Who is going to be telling the story? Who our audience is going to be? One of the shows that we're going to be doing in January and February is called A Year with Frog and Toad. Do you guys remember those books? Arnold LaBelle, they're easy reader books. If I showed you some pictures, you might remember. It's about a... Uh, a frog and a toad who are best friends. Does this look familiar? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. So frog and toad are best friends, but they're different. I mean, frog's a frog and toad's a toad. And toad always thinks that things are going to come to an end. And frog is very excited about spring is here and toad doesn't want to wake up. And so they're just, they're very different. So... One of the cool things about the story or about the script is that it's a musical, and I have loved this musical ever since I heard it before the kids were born. And I've been wanting to direct it for years, and this came to be the right time. And a lot of it for me was because what I loved about the story is that these two characters are so different, and yet they're best friends. And I think that's such a good message for the world today and our kids today of being able to say, you can be best friends with everybody. You don't, they don't need to look like you. They don't need to act like you. We need to be able to forge more of those friendships. So I chose the script. I then found, I cast the actors, or I got the rights to the play of the musical, cast the actors, then did the design team put together the whole design process, and you guys will we'll make sure you guys have pictures of this. So that's what the set is going to look like. It's going to look like the, um, the tiny little hovel within the woods and by a pond. And do I see it too? Um, so, uh, yeah, so, but then that's just a real simple story, and it's about two simple friends, and they, they just kind of go through their whole year. So I love it. But the neat thing is that this play is specifically for kindergarten through second graders. So even then, I know my audience, and I know the fact that our kids are going to, that are coming are going to be Hispanic and Marshallese and African-American. You know, they're going to be coming, in, and Caucasian, they're going to be coming from the, with all different backgrounds. Um, so I made sure that our actors were two different ethnicities. So Toad is a, a, a phenomenal uh, Caucasian actor, and our frog is a Hispanic Latin, Latino. Uh, I think he's, his family's from Mexico, but he's from El Paso, so he's coming up. So even then, I've got two guys that are going to look very different on stage, which will be really wonderful. So you mentioned that they are kindergartners to second graders. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges that come with working with such young kids? So all of the people on stage performing will be adults. So all of the kid, the kindergartners through second, or the kindergarten through second graders will be in the audience. So the challenge of performing for that young age group is the fact that they love to talk and they love to tell you what they think. And so our big challenge is to make sure that we're telling a story that's very authentic and real for them so that we constantly keep them engaged. When we have kids on stage, um, kids can be on stage with us starting at third grade. And so when you're eight years old in third grade, then you can start being in our performances and our productions. And our productions, we've got um, in Sideways Stories, which is the next show after Frog and Toad on the main stage, we've got, I think, four or six kids in the cast, along with professional adult actors. Most of them are junior high, high school kids. Um, and then we'll also do a youth theater production of Alice in Wonderland, and there'll be, they'll be third, third through 12th graders in that show. So, yeah, no, we perform for two- and three-year-olds, and you just never know what they're going to do in the audience, which is really quite fun. So why is children's theater so important? 
Children's theater is really important because our young people need to be able to see themselves on stage in a very authentic way. One of the great things about the arts, arts is that we can we get to see ourselves reflected upon in this wonderful creative art form. And when young people get to see a story on stage, they get to see either it's either a door or a window. It's a door to another world, another relationship, or another um, person story that they've never. Or it's a or it's a, or a mirror. It's either a door or a mirror, or a mirror that's reflecting of themselves. So I think, especially for the world that we're the the world that we want to have happen, the arts can really promote kindness, and they can um, be a reflection of um, some of the struggles. And sometimes it's really lonely. World, you know, you guys have knowing this. I mean, it's like. We wake up in the world and sometimes our brain goes, oh, I'm the only one that's ever experienced this. But when we see theater and we see a character going through the exact same thing that we've gone through, all of a sudden, if I'm in the audience seeing that, I think to myself, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that's ever gone through this. So it feels more comforting and like I'm part of something bigger. So I feel like theater can change the world. And that's why I'm in it. How do you think theater or arts integration helps young girl, young people or even girls develop their voices? That's one of the greatest things about the arts is that it taps into your creativity and it builds your confidence. And so if you guys were in my play, then you would be able to do two things. One is to be, you would build up that confidence to be in front of an audience, to perform and to project and to be confident and comfortable standing in front of an audience. But the other thing that you've got to do in theater is you've got to step into somebody else's shoes without judgment. And you've got to be able to pretend that you are that person in those imaginary circumstances. So sometimes that means that you'll be playing somebody completely different than yourself. So I think it's both, it's both the I think the confidence and that that voice happens when you are able to not only feel more solid in your own shoes, but also to be able to see the world from somebody else's point of view. Yeah, I agree. So if some of our listeners are thinking that all this arts and theater work sounds like something they're interested in, what would you recommend for them? How can somebody get started? I go online and check out our website, trikeTheater.org, T-R-I-K-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org. We've got classes after school, productions they can be in, but also to get involved in school. I know a lot of schools have forensics and they've got um, theater classes. Um, Reach out and just see. I mean, the great thing, I didn't didn't realize that theater was even a possibility until I was in high school. Um, And I didn't I, I remember I was just talking to Maeve about this. She's in ninth grade. When I was in ninth grade, I saw the musical Fiddler on the Roof, and I I went with a whole bunch of my freshman friends from choir, and I saw these all these people on stage singing their hearts out in costumes under the lights. And I remember during intermission going into the bathroom and crying and just thinking, oh my gosh, that's where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be on stage with them. And I just never looked back. I just kept doing it. And even when I wasn't being cast in plays, I would work backstage or I would run the lights or I would stage manage 
just because it's regardless of what the role is and what part you're playing, it's so awesome to just be a part of the production because every little person, every person has a major role to play in pulling it off. So tell us about the work you do with teachers or schools and arts integration. Yeah, so arts integration is a great thing that we get to do in the classrooms with teachers where we use the art form of theater to deepen students' comprehension of core subject areas. So for example, if you guys were studying, what's one of the what's one of the things you guys are doing in literature class? What's one of the books? Um, the, outsiders. the Outsiders. Fantastic. One of the great things about The Outsiders is being able to then take the art form of theater and go, okay, great. We've just read the show. We've read the book. Now let's write a scene from those two, you know, with those, what, what would the characters really be saying to one another? And then you get to step into those characters and to be able to role play or to um, do a scene from those characters' perspectives. Because it's one thing to read the book, but it's another thing to do it. And so that's what we get to do with arts integration is be able to use the art form of theater to be able to step into people's shoes, see things from different points of view, and to be able to, um, and that helps to deepen comprehension. It helps to re- remember things. Uh, it helps to, yeah, raise test scores, but also to be able to build those skills of collaboration and concentration and self well, be able to speak on stage and communicate and all those good social emotional learning skills too. So I go across the country teaching teachers how to do this. Here in town, I'm doing a lot of work with artist Anne, Ruth Barker, um, Osage Creek Elementary School, working at Senator Gamble. So there's a lot of different schools here in Bentonville that we get to do some work with. So I know many girls about our age would be like, oh, I don't want to get on stage. What do people laugh at me? Like, how would you help them through that? Two things. One is you don't you don't have to be on stage to do theater. Um, one of the great things that Maeve's going to do uh, in our shows is she becomes what we call our, our junior production assistant. Because when you rehearse a play, you have the actors and then you also have what's called a stage manager, somebody that uh, keeps everybody in line. You've got the director and the stage manager. And Maeve, my ninth grader, is going to work backstage. And so that's one of the great things. Um, that there's many opportunities to do costume design, set design, makeup design, lighting design, lots of things backstage. However, I do think that it's really important to at least try it. And I would say just take on a small part. Because um, if you take a small part, like as a part of an ensemble, then it might feel like the audience is looking at you, but really they're looking at everybody. And so if you have that, just 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 try it. Just put your toe in and just try it. Um, and then a lot of the big thing is just pretending that the audience isn't there. Especially when the lights go on, you can't see the audience, you can just hear them, and you just have to concentrate and, and just ignore that the audience is even there and just stay in those imaginary circumstances. So what has been your favorite production that you have put on with Trike Theater? Ooh, with Trike Theater. Ooh, there have been so many. Um, one of my favorite productions that, I've, that I created a number of years ago is called Digging Up Arkansas. Did you guys ever see that when you were making third, fourth, or fifth grade? Okay. It's a play about Arkansas history, and it um, takes place in 1936. And the concept is that three WPA uh, writers have been going around Arkansas collecting 
artifacts and songs and stories and visual images and things like that. And they've all come together to put on, uh, to read, to tell Arkansas history to Teddy Roosevelt. But the train has derailed and all of these artifacts are all over the place. So the audience comes into the tent that, and they see all of these artifacts just all over the place and papers hanging up. And, and as the story unfolds, the three actors retell the story of the history of Arkansas by using artifacts and songs and audience movement and stuff like that. It was one of the first plays that we ever developed with trike theater that the um, teachers and the students in Arkansas were like, oh, this is great. What a great way to learn is history. And then it got them thinking about more ways, the more things that they wanted to learn more about Arkansas history. And it made history come alive in a really fun and um, visual and stimulating way. So I heard you mention in the beginning that you were in choir. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that affected your choice of joining theater? Oh, yes. Choir. I also did some dance. I learned piano when I was little, I think. And I was also, I'm the oldest of eight kids. And so I'm a natural director because when I was growing up, we had basements in Indiana. There's no basements in Arkansas. Um, but we had basements, and that's where we would get sent. All the kids would get sent down to the basement, and we would put on records. You guys probably don't know what those are. We'd put on our records of our favorite musicals, and we would... Um, basically act out the musicals and I would direct all my brothers and sisters and any other neighbor kids that came over and we would put on plays and we'd put on singing and dancing and all that kind of stuff so I do think that choir and forensics and speech and debate and anything that has to do with um, performing is going to help you in theater dancing musical instruments anything that's gonna anything that has to do with that performing arts what play would you like to put on in trike theater oh my gosh if I could do any play yeah well eventually I'm going to be able to do plays for the older kids where there's older kids in the audience Um, right now we're really focusing on our audiences that are elementary school but if I could put on a play um that are kids your you know for kids your age I would put on the outsiders I would put on those books that you guys are reading and are getting into because that's where a lot of that really awesome like oh this is amazing stuff really happens <laughs> There's some other really good plays too that I want to put on but I just can't yet just because of money and time but Frog and Toad's a good example of one of those that I've been waiting for 16 years to do would, would you ever think of like expanding the age younger to where younger kids could take part in this? On stage? Yes. No, not at all. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> There's a youth theater in town called Arts Live down in Fayetteville um, that does. They cast kids much younger than third grade. However, in my philosophy and the, what I've been taught uh, in my career is I want to make sure that we put kids on stage with professional actors who can hold their own with somebody who's got their master's degree in acting and who's, you know, is getting paid to do this. Um, there, there's, there, I'm sure there's some six-year-olds, you know, on Broadway. I know there's six-year-olds on Broadway that can hold their own and memorize the lines and they can stay focused, but they're few and far between. And when we do a show like Frog and Toad or Sideways Stories from Wayside School, the kids have to be able to miss school and they've got to be able to do... 
about 13 performances. And so normally when you're doing a performance at school, you might do two, maybe three or four. It's a long run. And so they've got to be able to keep that energy and that stamina up. And so even third graders have a hard time keeping that stamina up at eight years old. So we tend to, in our training program at Trake, after school classes and camps and stuff like that, we're trying to make sure that our kids are building up those skills that they need so that when they are on stage with the adults performing, that they're going to be able to be high quality. And I believe in that. I think that when you have stories like Outsiders or when you have stories like um, Charlotte's Web, that it's really important to cast kids on stage in those child roles because that's one of the, when kids are in the audience and they see an adult playing a kid on stage, they're not at all, I mean, it it just takes a little bit longer to like buy into the fact that they're, you know, that they're playing a kid. So earlier you mentioned that you will be putting on a play of Sideways Stories of Wayside School. Mm -hmm. And so can you explain to us what the set will look like? Hmm. So do you guys remember Sideways Stories and how wacky it is? Yes. Okay. So um, one of the great things about the Sideways Stories from Wayside School when we were doing our research is the fact that uh, Lewis Sacker wrote it in the 70s. And so we set the whole play in 1970 classroom. So when I look at the set, it's going to look like a classroom I was in when I was in like third grade. Um, so it's, so when you go in, it's going to seem like it's a normal old classroom, but then the clock on the wall is going to be running backwards, and then you're going to see Mrs. Gorf on stage turning kids into apples. You know, so it's going to just, it's the wackiness is going to come from the props and the costumes and the action, but seemingly it's going to look very normal, like a 1970s classroom. There was a TV show that we used to watch called Welcome Back, Cotter. You would not know it. It is definitely one of those old, old shows. But we looked at, I looked at the set design, and I went, oh, my gosh, that is a Welcome Back, Cotter set. It's like an old high school. Or like Grease. Do you guys remember the movie Grease? No? Okay. Anyway, any of those older movies, you'll end up seeing uh, these, like, te- not the desks with wheeled chairs with wheels and stuff like that. It's like a metal desk and a metal chair all facing the, the chalkboard, which you guys don't have anymore in schools. It's going to look very different. Um, I want to introduce our tech person, Lena, um, and I believe she has a question for you. So a lot of those like, plays that you do right now are like fiction. Mm-hmm. So is there a reason why you don't do nonfiction, or would you do nonfiction? Yes. When we get our own building and our own space, we will do nonfiction. We'll do original stories. And we'll also do... Um, yeah, I would love to do stories about real people as well. Digging Arkansas is similar to that because there's real stories and real history. Um, there's wonderful stories that we've been talking about, like about the Little Rock Nine and Rosa Parks and um, even the Japanese internment camp and some of this, this real stories that have come out of that um, or that tell those stories and Frank. You know, there's a lot of real fiction that have that or stories of plays that we can tell. The problem is right now, or not problem, one of the challenges we have is that 
we get to do two main stage productions at the Walton Art Center this every year, and the rest of the shows happen at our space at Trike Theater. We can fit about 50 people in that space. So it's got to be a smaller environment. The ceiling's about... 10 feet high. It's it's just a smaller, more intimate experience. So that is something that we're looking at. And so as we grow and we design and we build this new trake, permanent trake, we'll have a whole main stage season. So therefore, our two shows like Sideways Stories and, and Little uh, Frog and Toad will then have like four more offerings. Some will be for middle school. Some will be for, you know, we can do those other shows too that are fiction and nonfiction and for the different age groups. So have in the have you ever like made up your own like plays and ones not from books? Yes, we have. It's very hard. You've got to work with a playwright. Um, one of the shows that we're working on right now is called um, Tortuga and the Hare. So what do you guys think it's about? A hare? A hare? <laughs> And a turtle? Yes. Are you familiar with that Aesop's fable of the tortoise and the hare? Oh, yeah. Where the hare is going, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you. The tortoise is like, that's fine, whatever. Well, we're developing that play right now. I don't know what it's going to be. I have no idea. We've got a date in, in, in April. That's on my mind right now. Of like, how are we going to develop that play? So it's not, it's based on a story, but it's not based on a book. So we can take it anywhere we want. Um, we've also developed other plays that we developed a play called um, Bear State of Mind, which we took the Arkansas State Standards for kindergarten, first and second grade, which is all the state symbols. And then we, we put that um, into a play about three siblings that are going camping and they tell this story about a little bear that gets lost in the woods and the bear ends up meeting all of these different, the white-tailed deer, the the owl, the woodpecker. It's like all these different Arkansas animals and state symbols. But the bear, the, the owl is going on a, a monster hunt, a quest for the goro. The goro is an Arkansas myth, this monster that they believed lived in the um, mountains just south of here, just south of Fort Smith. And so we created a whole, like, folktale based on that. That was really fun. So can you describe how much work goes into creating your own script and scene? Yeah, so it took us a whole year just to develop that play. And then even after we had produced it once, we went back to the drawing board and did more revising. So it takes a couple of years um, with the team of people to be able to really get it in front of an audience to understand what's working, what's not working, which takes a lot of patience and a lot of revising. It also takes a lot of money. That's the other thing, too. So we've got to write grants. We've got to find sponsors. We've got to be able to find the time because when I was in graduate school, we would do this all the time and create new work. But i got to make a living. <laughs> and that's the good thing about being in Arkansas right now. In Northwest Arkansas is the fact that artists can make a living here. Um, we have more and more actors and playwrights that are making Northwest Arkansas their home because they can find work at Trike Theater and at Theater Squared and other places. Do you ever, like, watch, like, movies and get, like, ideas for plays? I do. 
I watch movies, but mainly I, I actually read, I read books. I read books, and that's what that gives me a lot of ideas for plays. Um, have you guys read the book Refugee? I have not. Not yet. Okay. Um, there are books that I read that I, I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would make an amazing play. I can't think of the titles of them right now, but there's some of them that I'm just like that. And then, then I end up finding out that other people are thinking the same thing, and they, they make plays out of them. So, um, uh, one of the one of my favorites is the Miraculous Journey of Ed, Edward Trulane. Do you go? Do you guys know Kate DiCamillo? Yeah. She's another young writer. Uh, because of Win Dixie, she wrote that. Um, do you remember that one? Yes. So though she's got some phenomenal stories that are really good to adapt on the plays. So one of the last questions we like to ask is this. What advice do you have for girls listening to this podcast? My advice is listen to your heart and think about what your gifts are. What are those things that you want to be able to, what are those things that you think that you're really good at, you have interest in, and then seek out those mentors. Who do you want to, who, who has the experience that you want to be able to, that can help you grow in your skills and the gifts that you've been given? And support each other because girls are sisters and they're supposed to support one another. How, like what advice would you give to girls still trying to find what they want to do? Like Try everything. Try everything. Try volleyball, try sports, try mountain biking around here, try food, try cooking. You never know what's going to hit. And even then, some people don't discover, you know, their passion until later on. And if you're not very good at it, keep at it. Don't stop, especially if you really love it. Mm -hmm. So we have had a fun time talking with you and learning more about the work you do at Trike Theater. So it's probably time to wrap things up. Thank you for taking time out of your week to come and talk with us. We hope our conversation has been important for listeners. I know I've learned a lot. Me too. This is Lauren. And Josie. From From All All Girls Girls Considered Considered signing off. All Girls Considered believes in a world where girls and women matter. You can support our work by donating at www.allgirlsconsidered.org slash donate right now. We can't do this without you.